You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Welcome back to Gospel-Centered Rest. As we discuss further the gospel and its impact and its implication on our life and for our eternity as well. I'm joined today with David and with Byron, and we're going to just be discussing some of the themes that have been coming out of the last several weeks of sermons that David's been preaching on the the coming of the greater king. So through the life of King David, I've uh, been preaching various topics and hitting on various aspects of David's life and how the things that David was facing, things that God was using in David's life, revealing of himself to David through David's experiences, and also the pitfalls of David's life and the difficulties of David's life and how those things relate to us today and how the gospel is even relevant and um, is on display even through these moments of David's life. Now, this past week, David, you preached on 2 Samuel chapter 6. Would you just mind just taking a moment and giving us an overview of your sermon from this past week? And then from there, we'll pick out a few things to discuss. Yeah, we talked about Uzzah and him being struck down by the Lord, which is an incredibly um, difficult passage because, as we mentioned, we asked the question, like, why did the Lord do that? It Mm -hmm. seems... Um, so out of character, uh, what we think is the character of God, but then that's what we saw where David tried to do the good thing and Uzzah tried to do the right thing, but they misunderstood the person, the character of God. Um, mm-hmm. And David really wrestles with theology, um, his understanding of God. David, would you mind just taking a moment and explaining to us exactly what took place in this passage briefly about what, what Uzzah did and why this was such a big deal? I think a big part of it for me is, and it's actually something I didn't talk about on Sunday, so I'm glad we can talk about it now, but people walk away and they could be thinking, could that happen to me? Mm-hmm. It happened to Uzzah. It happened to Ananias and Sapphira. It happened to Aaron's uh, sons a little earlier when they did the holy fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, I think it, this is why David struggled uh, with anger and fear and despair because there are moments when we come to God and we say, I just, I don't understand that. And will I have an as a moment? Like, will I, 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 like David, I think I'm doing good. Like, um, as I think I'm doing the right thing, Mm -hmm. but the Lord struck him dead. Mm -hmm. So will there be a moment? And, And I think at least part of the answer, and it's something that we did talk about Sunday morning is God's anger doesn't work like our anger. Right. So if we're going to understand Uzzah, it's not, it's not going to be like, man, I've had enough, so I'm going to really like, make a lesson here or you know, teach a lesson. Uh, so, so I think knowing God's character and specifically his anger, that's not, God's anger is, is righteous, just as his grace and, and mercy is righteous. So I think, I think that's the, one of the questions walking away is, will I have an Uzzah moment? And, mm-hmm. and we can be... And, and that can also mischaracterize God, even though the Uzzah incident did take place. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, um, you, you, you look at a, at a situation like this. Uzzah reaches out to steady the ark, to stop it from falling over. His intentions were good. He thought that he was doing a good thing. 
likely in that moment, and then God strikes him dead. Now, why, Byron, why, why was it that, that we see God take such an extreme, from our human standpoint, such an extreme um, result, uh, such an extreme action mm-hmm. uh, in Uzzah's life? I think that's one of those hard questions that, in one sense, we're not told the specifics. So it's conjecture. Um, what different things were coming in? Did he already know, because as David pointed out, the law was clear and God had given instructions, don't touch it. So did he know? It doesn't say whether he knew. It, at least not that I'm aware of, maybe it does. Um, was it a case that he knew, but he thought, oh, well, he's, he knew better in the moment? Don't know. Some people suggest that. Um, what the dynamic was, I think it reminds us, certainly, they're bringing the symbol of God's presence with his people back into the center of his people. Well, God had those type of restrictions in terms of who could go where in the temple and consequences if that wasn't obeyed. Is it just not that God's vindictive, but is it that reminding the people of there are boundaries here and we say, well, thank the Lord for Jesus that he allows us to come into God's presence where we couldn't before and all that sort of stuff. Certainly that's true. Was God teaching us a lesson? Well, some people would say yes, but then it seems a very harsh lesson. And we come back in one sense again, what David was saying on Sunday. We, we often don't know God. We often underestimate our sin. And, and we're very much in the immediate too, right? We think, he killed him. Well, what could be any worse? Well, if we die and he was immediately entered into God's presence, it doesn't say he condemned him, but it was. So there's so many things bubbling around a passage like this and an incident like this. We have to take, do we need to fear this type of, I'm out on the golf course and the lightning bolt strikes me down? Um, Lots of jokes about it, but that's not typical God. God is gracious, God is long-suffering. So as we work our way through it, we may not be able to say, well, this is the answer, but we can draw some things out of it that can encourage us, and remind us we don't need to live in fear. Going back to Uzzah's intentions for a second, they seem so good, don't mm-hmm. they? And, and I wonder what, what, what you two think of this. But sometimes in life, I think that we have such good intentions. And in our good intentions, um, we might sin. We might do something that, that God's called us not to do. And God's asked us not to do. Um, why do you think it's so important that it's not just about our intentions, but it's about trusting in faith and walking by faith and trusting what God has called us to do rather than just trusting in our own intentions and our own perception of, uh, of the situation? So it could be even like, you know, like you hear the thing, like, like lying's okay. Is if, if you're protecting somebody, then then telling a little white lie isn't, isn't such a big problem or lying to somebody about something isn't such a big problem because you're protecting them from the truth. Um, 
but yeah, so yeah, it's, I think that's a great question because that helps answer. I think the the big question is, are we going to have another moment? And I like what mm -hmm. Byron said because there there are so many complexities about that. The only reason that we know um, that Azza was struck down by the Lord is because it says he was struck down by the Lord at that moment. Mm -hmm. um, that's what makes it clear to us. All the other questions that come around it so make it unclear. So can we say today that someone is struck down in an Uzzah moment, or should we say that to someone because we see sin in their life? And I think the clear answer to that is no, because it's not written in Scripture. We, we do not have the definite understanding of God's will and purposes for that person's life. So uh, that can be very dangerous. Well, we, we, knew, we knew for Uzzah, but we knew for Uzzah because it was clearly stated by God from God um, in his word. That's not uh, what takes place today. And then I think the, the interesting thing about a passage like this is uh, so often it's, it's a warning to a believer's life because we live as if everything's all right. Uh, we can become very comfortable with our Christianity. And there's a level in which we should be comfortable with our Christianity. Mm -hmm. But there's another level which we are always growing in what is good. And we are always growing in what is right. And there is a danger, especially in you know evangelical churches where we've arrived. We do things right. Um, mm -hmm. We're good. We do good things. And... While that is true and while that's a blessing from God, this passage teaches us that there is always more to know about God. There is mm -hmm. always there there should be a level of discomfort in our Christianity that I do not know God, that my heart still resists God, that I still somehow think I can approach God um, in other type ways that um demean and diminish the character and the person and the holiness and the righteousness of God. Um, we, we touched on it on Sunday morning, but, uh, you know, if we should be concerned about justice in our culture. But when we're not concerned about justice, um, that diminishes. If, if the world doesn't hear a just voice from the church, that diminishes the character of God. Mm -hmm. If the world doesn't see a holy church, that diminishes the, the holiness of God. So it is it is striking that this is... We can be the same as David and Uzzah. Mm -hmm. I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm kind of on a roll in my Christianity right now. Um, we're doing the right thing, but it comes into question. Uh, does it connect with a growing understanding of the character of God and, and his ways? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, it, this isn't the first time that we come to this kind of narrative in Scripture. We saw it with Aaron and his sons who offered strange fire before the Lord, who um, the, the day that they're celebrating yeah. the tabernacle and the day that they're celebrating this new way of worshiping God and God in his presence um, being with them through, through the Ark of the Covenant, through the Holy of Holies, they offer this strange fire. Yeah. And um, yeah. because of it, they're both struck, struck dead. Yeah. But can I, sorry, can I yeah. just interrupt? Oh yeah. Um, because I, I like what you just said there because we have to wrestle with that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we come to theology and we think, well, we just have to understand it, mm -hmm. but no, like there's a depth to God that we're wrestling with. And that's why I, I found uh, David's three responses very interesting where he feared God. Um, he uh, despaired um, and he was angry. Yeah. And sometimes 
um, un- coming to an understanding of God, we will go through a process of anger. Because it's, I, I don't understand that. Or we would say, I, I would never do that. But we would never do that because we don't have the character yeah, of God. And, and don't, fake. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, or sometimes we're just filled with fear. Like we do ask, am I going to have an us a moment? Because I understand that <laughs> in my natural state, I live under the sentence of death. And it is only Jesus who has rescued yes, me. Yes. Or sometimes... Um, there's this distance from God saying, I don't know about that God, that as a God. Um, and, and we despair. Like, will I, will I ever know God like I should? So theology, we sometimes is presented as just no, but it's, there's a lot, David wrestled with it. And mm-hmm. if, if we're going to know theology, know God, we're going to wrestle. And I love biblic, biblical theology teaches us and, um, Christ-centered theology teaches us that Jesus is the one who is able to touch the Ark of the Covenant without, yeah. Yeah. without being struck dead. Yeah. Jesus is the one who's able to enter the Holy of Holies on our behalf. And because of what Christ has accomplished, we see this in the book of Hebrews, because of what he's accomplished, we can enter boldly yeah. into that Holy of Holies. We can enter bold, boldly yeah. into the holy presence of God. But if it wasn't for these narratives of the Old Testament, as as you were as both of you are saying, I don't think we would grasp the vastness and the greatness of God's grace. Yeah, if, uh, if to God, us the sinner, exactly. If God didn't punish Uzzah, we think we could answer mm. David's question: Who can be brought to the Lord, or how can the Lord be brought? How can the Ark of the Lord be brought to exactly. us? We would say, Well, I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I do good. Mm-hmm. I do right. Mm-hmm. But Uzzah has taught us, and I love what you did, um, is bringing it to the New Testament. Like when the veil was torn mm-hmm. at the death of Jesus, what an amazing moment when you put it in light of this, that we can walk into the Holy of Holies. We can be in the very presence. We can draw near to God mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the profound work of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, the coming King. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that passage. Is it First or Second Peter? Uh, there's some Bible trivia for you, for you, David. Uh, it's First or Second Peter that says that the prophets would speak of these things. Is it? Is it Second Peter? Long to look into these things. Something yeah, like that. They yeah. Weren't, they weren't fully understanding. Yeah, like they couldn't understand the fact that there somehow this was going to come to fru- fruition. There was there was going to be a way for. Um, for re- for the redeemed people of God to actually enter His presence without you know just being struck dead, but we have moments like this with with Uzzah. We have moments like the encounter that Moses has with God on on the mountain. Yeah. The the encounter that Isaiah has with God yeah, face Isaiah to face. Six. And what are their responses? Yeah. Their responses are to fall on their face before God because yeah. they understand the full majesty of His. Yeah. Uh, well, they don't, or else they would. Yeah. They would probably be struck dead if they understood the full majesty yeah. like of his glory in that moment. But even just like a little glimpse into the holiness and glory of God for those men um, ended in such a such a dramatic response. Yeah. And here Jesus steps on the scene and yeah. he he becomes that righteousness for us. Yeah. He and, takes and, our payment, he takes our takes the justice of God. There's a, a thing that comes to mind there, you know, when we think as you said, how do they all respond? Whenever there's a real encounter with God, the response is universal. It's, it's this humility. It's this fall on your face. It is this fear in one sense. Um, and there's a do not fear. There's a, there's a welcome. But 
that whole thing of nobody says, nobody's glad handing God. Nobody's treating God as your, your pal, etc. There's this overwhelming fear. We were unpacking books the other day, and I came across an old book called The Joy of Fearing God. And some people get this idea that, oh, well, no, fear God, that's just Old Testament. You think, no, it's based on a New Testament text. And you think, okay, what's the balance here? We love God. We're entering into a, this relationship. We can come boldly, but he's holy. And, and we're not. Our holiness is from Christ, and we're aware of our sinfulness. And it, in one sense, keeps us in our place, even as we rejoice in, in his grace and kindness. And so there's the, the side by side almost. And that's the response you're mentioning, David, that we see from King David is his his psalm is shows the fear that he has and yeah. the um or, or what were some of the other um yeah, things he, that you had mentioned there yeah and in first chronicles 16 first chronicles is uh the an, another story uh, the the same story told um but so so david is singing it and he says uh in verse 16 worship the lord in the splendor of his holiness mm. let the whole earth tremble before him uh, he is a God to be trembled before, uh, mm-hmm. or we're to tremble before him. <laughs> he is holy, but we worship him in his holiness. Um, in his, not only his purity, but his majesty in his rightness, um, in his sovereignty. But then he goes on to, to talk about how the Lord reigns over all the earth. So with David, it's always King David, but there, there's a coming King and, um, it's pointing to a, a, a time, a universal time when the king is going to come and, uh, and um, to, to Jew and to Gentile. But then he goes on to say, uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever and say, save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nations, so that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> that's, that answers the Uzzah question. Like, will I have an Uzzah moment? Not only do we worship God in the splendor of his holiness, and not only does the Lord reign over all the earth, and he will do what is right, but he saves us. And he doesn't just save us, he changes our character. Um, He gives us a new heart so that believers do have this balance in their life. Not all the time, but they do have this balance in their life where they do understand the holiness of God. They understand the imprint of remaining sin on their life and in their heart. Mm-hmm. They cry out, save us, um, but they rejoice in the goodness of God. They rejoice in sanctification and growing uh, more like God. So part of the story is, yes, Uzzah reached out, but the other part of the story is David's response and where God led the people, where they were reminded of his holiness, but they were reminded of his goodness, that he will change them so that they don't reach out mm-hmm. um, and that they will reach out to Christ. And in reaching out to Christ, they will have access into the presence of God mm-hmm. because he's our mediator. Um, so uh, I, I think that's why we can find comfort and not fear that we have as a moment, um, all of a sudden God's just going to have too much, which is to misrepresent his anger. Uh, <laughs> but it is to say uh, we grasp onto his faithful love. It was. It occurred to me as we were reading it through on Sunday that 
it was like God was reminding him of that after the Uzzah moment. Because with Obed-Edom, he blesses them all, and there's this incredible blessing, and it's like, no, no, you don't need to be dwelling in fear. You can bring the ark in. You just have to treat it properly. And then there, there was a side note at the end of the chapter that Obed-Edom and something like 62 or some group of were all added into the people who were taking care of the ark. And I thought, oh, yeah. what, what, you know, just this blessing and this opening of the, the circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the work of Christ is his blessing in an even greater fulfilled way um that uh that he is he draws us in uh and Mm. um pours out his loving kindness but it's not expected it's Mm -hmm. received with joy because it's it's so undeserving Mm -hmm. Uh, grace yeah yeah what wonderful things to talk about and and to contemplate they just bring you to this this heart and this um, and this feeling like of you, like you just want to stop and just worship God yeah. and yeah. Uh, just thank Him for His goodness and His grace and for His holiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much we do need the holiness of God and the justice of God mm-hmm. for our sin and um, yeah, wonderful things to be talking about. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Tyler. Hey, glad to do it together. Yeah.